Cal McNelly here. Welcome to Screening for Meaning. Welcome back, everybody, to Screening for Meaning. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Thank you again for joining us here in the studio. I'm so happy to get another week here on the show, and I have a good one for you this week. Hopefully you like murder mysteries, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Death in the Nile 2022. This is actually the sequel to one of my favorite stories in the mystery genre, there's actually a really good book. It's obviously based on a book. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express this is a continuation of that. A lot of the same characters. And uh, it's very, very good time. I, first of all, I'd like to recommend the movie. I think it's really well done. And I also have to remind you before we start this show that if you have not seen this movie, do not listen this, to this right now. Change the dial. Turn off the podcast. Do something. Because I'm going to spoil it and you cannot know the ending and enjoy this movie. So I want you to enjoy it. So please go do that. Go watch it and then come back. Please listen. I'm very excited for you to hear my takes as usual. And I know you are or else you would be tuning in. So we're talking about Death on the Nile. Like I said, it's a murder mystery. And it follows the story of Hercule Poirot. He's mostly just called Poirot in the movie. And he's this very famous, everywhere he goes, everybody knows who he is. This very famous detective. And once again... It always seems like they set this up like this. The detective is kind of dragged into the situation where there's a murder going on. And somehow it's always a situation where no one can come in, no one could come out. In this one, they're on a boat in the Nile River, so no one can join them or no one can leave the boat. They're kind of in this stuck in the scene of the crime, everyone there. So all the evidence and all the possible murderers are right there in front of the audience and slowly clues are revealed motivations are revealed more history about the characters perhaps the motivations why they may have wanted to kill the main character or played by Gal Gadot uh, Lynette Ridgway she's this very famous supermodel very wealthy and she gets murdered in the film and Perot played by Kenneth Brennan uh, has to has to try to solve it, and so it's they go through this story, and she is she's killed in her bed, and they think, well, maybe it's the the new lover. They're just she just got married, so maybe it's the new husband, or maybe it's the her her bookkeeper who might be inheriting some of her wealth, or maybe it's her aunt who is anti capitalism, is a, is a communist. So, but that's kind of the thing is. The way the story is set up, all the characters that are on the boat with her all have some kind of grievance against Lynette Ridgway. And this was actually, you find out at the end, this was set up by the killer to hide them, hide guilt from themselves and kind of throw Pierrot off the scent. But of course, he's the best. He's the best detective. He sniffs it right out. Very, It's very intense plot. involves paint and nail polish and blood and multiple different weapons very it's very exciting very good time 
a good ride all the way through. One of my only critiques was the graphics were not <laughs> as great as some things. Some of the stuff is CGI is not that great, but you're not there for the CGI. So don't complain about it. We're there for the detective. We're there for the case. I don't want to hear any complaints about the CGI, but they do a really great job. It's a good movie, so I definitely recommend seeing it. Also, why I would recommend seeing it, especially this kind of gets us into our culture, is one of the characters is, is a avowed communist. That's her whole shtick. She donated all her wealth, allegedly, to the Communist Party. But she comes off as this hypocrite, shyster, evil, manipulative, totally not in line with the communist manifesto. She has a personal a personal assistant, a personal nurse. And she and she and she seems like she's willing to kind of talk about communism and and she scoffs at some of the wealthy displays put on by Lynette Ridgeway and her new husband. But then all the while she's very willing to enjoy them herself, very willing to help herself to the champagne. And I thought, excellent. Thank you, Hollywood. We need more portrayals of communists as they are childless, miserable, and hypocrites. Please more of that if you can. That'd be much appreciated. So I salute the director and the writers of this film for doing that, having the courage, and I hope to see more of that. But that's not the main point. The main point I want to talk about in this first part is respect. Because all the characters, whether they like it or not, are forced to respect Pierrot, he is this famous detective, and they're all on the scene trying to defend themselves. Pierrot will interview all of the characters throughout the film, trying to get a little bit, know a little bit more about them, ask them where they were the night of the murder, get their alibis, expose some things about the past that could shed lights on maybe a reason they might want to knock off the main character. So very exciting. But they all have to respect him because... He is this famous detective and he just has this aura of intelligence and competence and so and someone who is worthy of trust. And I think there were for a couple reasons that I wanted to go through those. Um, I think also I think it's a good way to talk about our modern society and how we view respect. So one of the reasons that they look at Pierrot and he's obviously to some of the characters on the on the boat, he's the antagonist, right? Because they do not want him there to solve the mystery. They have this elaborate plan to kill Lynette Ridgeway, and and he's going to foil it. He's the best. Of course, they don't like him. So all the character, most at least two of the characters that you figure out later, are antagonists. They are directly anti-pro, but all the other ones are kind of also anti-pro because he's accusing them in their way, and he has this interesting way of interviewing them where he will just suggest, not accuse, but suggest that they may, oh, so if you were here and this, then it would make sense that you would do this and this and kind of use his logic that is flawless to try to frame the characters and the characters have to say, oh, uh, no, uh, of course not. That's not, uh, that's silly. You're crazy, bro. Uh, that's definitely not why. And then they will give him more information. So he uses this tactic to try to get more out of the characters, and it's kind of infuriating because they feel like I'm being accused. I did not kill Lent Ridgeway. I might have a beef with her. And this is all, it is always after, right? He, so he exposes they have a disagreement. And then he says, okay, well, then this and this and this. And then you should have been here. And why weren't you there? What was this? And they're like, oh, no, I can't believe I just said that about myself. I can't believe you caught me. And so everybody hates him, kind of in a way, at least in the interviews. Everybody's very suspicious. They don't want to be interviewed. But they have to, to guard their 
reputation. But they don't want to because they know he's good and he's gonna make. He doesn't, you know. So it's very interesting, but they have to respect him one because of his fame reputation, right? He's known. Everyone knows. He's the best at what he does. He's got this incredible intelligence about him everywhere he goes. The paparazzi take pictures of him. They want to know where he is. They want to see him. People who he's never met will come up to him and talk to him about his fame. And so, in a way, all the characters are forced to respect him for that. And especially, I think, in our society, we definitely do that today. There are a lot of people, more than any of us would like to admit, who base their political opinions off of the superstars and the famous people that they respect in their life. No doubt. There is no doubt. There are many, many more of those people than anyone would like to admit. And why do we respect them? Because they're famous. Because somewhere in, their, in our minds we think, okay, this person got to where they are for some reason. They must have something important to say. Let me hear what they say. And, I, and then a lot, of, a lot of us make the next jump. Okay, what they're saying must be right and should be respected. And of course, that's not true. We know a lot of people who do not deserve to be famous and who are famous for the very wrong reason and should not be respected. Especially on a thing like politics or religion or morality. Of course, those people are not worthy of it. But we still do anyways because they're famous. And it's kind of a downside of this respect thing. We give a lot of respect to people who don't deserve it. Perot deserves it. He deserves to be respected. He's a great He's a great detective. And so he's earned it. And that is the best, you know, that person is someone who you can respect, right? If they've earned that position through success. They've been someone who's been very successful, and he has, and so he deserves respect. So they must give it to him. And you're listening to Screening for Meaning on Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Very excited you're here with us again. And we're kind of talking about reasons people respect characters. In our movie, we talked about Perot. He's the detective on the death of a Nile, death on the Nile, and he's very, very good. And one of the reasons they respect him is because of his fame and reputation, but also one was their position office. And this one's interesting because he is a detective, but he's not working for the government or the state. He's not the official detective. He's not the prosecutor. He's not working for the police department. But he's worthy of respect still. So sometimes we respect people because of their office, but sometimes we can respect people even outside of an office because they have earned it some other way. I think in our society, perhaps we put too much respect on offices and titles and little little tiny words in front of and behind names. Of course, in the pandemic, a lot of people were saying, well, these doctors, you know, they might know their medical stuff, but, you know, they can no way, if you've gone to medical school for this very long time, and I'm sure there's some doctors who have, but there was this consensus, especially on the right, where I would think, you know, these doctors, they might know what they're talking about, and I'm sure they've studied their science a great deal. But, you know, I don't know if they're as concerned about me and my small business closing. What about those people? I started this business with my family. And now, because of the pandemic and the lockdowns that you prescribed, Mr. Doctor, now I have to lay off these people that I started with from the beginning. I have to lay them off. And I know their families, and I have to do that. Is that something that these doctors were thinking about? Probably not. It's kind of a COVID tangent, but it's true. We put, too much, we put a lot of stock in titles and offices and sometimes to our benefit, but also I think as a society, sometimes to our detriment. So it's a two-way street, and you got to be careful. And Perot, in the movie, has earned his respect, not through a title, not through his official position. He's worked for the government, but he earned it anyway. I think as a society, we need to make space for that person who doesn't have that title, 
but may have some kind of wisdom. And so what are some other ways they could earn that? And I think one of them uh, obviously is force, right? If someone is big and strong and is threatening to make you do something, you know, make you do something you don't want to do, you will, I mean, you're going to do what they want you to do to avoid getting hurt. So that's one way. And I don't think, I think as a society, we do a good job, right? I think Americans in general have this sense that you're not going to tell me what to do. I don't care if you're strong. You don't have the right to do it. I think Americans have a very good sense of that. And that's something we should be very proud of and cultivate in our country. But other ways, perhaps skill. So Perot, despite his title, has obvious skill. And even if you didn't know, okay, so let's say you were a person on board this ship and you had never heard of Perot, it was very abundantly clear right away. This is someone who's worthy of respect. He was on time. He took good notes. He's very attentive. He was thinking about things always. The actor does a great job of showing, you know, and you can tell, everybody knows this, when you see someone and you can see, look into their eyes, you can see sometimes the gears turning in the back of their head. You know there's something more going on. It's a very human thing. I think it's something we've developed over time where we can kind of see someone you also know if there's nothing going on, right? You can see a blank stare and you know, okay, there's not a lot going on back there. But also the reverse is true. You can also see, okay, this is someone who's really thinking, pondering all the time. And it's obvious this is the way Perot was. This is the way he operates. He's always thinking, always taking notes. Very polite. A lot of people don't, don't think about that. But if you're polite and have good morals, people are going to elevate you to places you cannot believe. Because everybody likes those type of people and they're useful. They're reliable. Everybody wants to be around good, moral, upright people. Competent people. That's a good thing. And if you can display that in yourself like Perot does, that is a way to elevate someone and make them worthy of respect. And do we do that in society today? Do we always elevate the most moral? I don't think so. I hope we wish we did it more. And it's hard to do, right? There's no way. It's some, you don't show your morality on your chest. It takes time to show that. I think we're impatient as a society and not willing sometimes also to punish those who have displayed a morality. And not punishment, but also, but just move down in the social hierarchy. Okay, you've shown me your stripes. Achita never changed this spot. I've seen what you've seen, what you're like. We probably don't need to respect you a little bit less or not, or take the opinion of someone else into account also. So those are some things I wanted to think about with respect and what I was thinking about during this movie. And uh, I think that's kind of a cool thing to think about. How do you, in your life, determine who you respect? Do you respect people around you because you have to? Maybe your boss, you have to respect them. Or do you surround yourself with people who have earned your respect? And if, you're, if people around you you don't respect, why is that? Why haven't you changed your circle yet? Something to think about in your life and something worthy, I think, of reflection every day. You're listening to Screening for a Meaning, radio-free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're talking about Death in the Nile, 2022. And just one more quick note about this film. One of the themes is love kills. And I liked this movie a lot, but I thought that was a stupid line. That's a real dumb line. I'm sorry, it doesn't. That's not what that is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not murder. It's slow to anger. Rich in kindness. It doesn't kill. 
I thought it was a silly line. There's sometimes these movies that try to get real romantic and, oh, you can love someone so much that you would kill for them. I don't think so. That's not what love properly understood is, I don't think. And I'm not someone, I'm not pretending I'm 23. I'm not pretending to be the love expert on your airwaves today. But I am saying that I know that there's no way a well-adjusted person is going to go kill for someone they love unless it's like a threat. You know, unless it's like and they're going to kill out of love for that person because the other person is trying to hurt someone they love. But in this movie, they don't kill. They, they kill this millionaire supermodel because they want her money, not because out of defense, not because they're going to be the person they love is going to be hurt. It's to get money. That's not lo- killing out of love. I thought that was the silliest line. You might kill out of greed. And I think that this movie definitely falls into that. The billionaire supermodel is used for her money. A lot of people around her only are willing to tolerate this model because they think there's something in it for them. They keep her around. They're willing to go on this little trip and enjoy all the nice things the model can provide because she's wealthy. They want to be around her. They want to take some of that for themselves. And of course, maybe you want to kill her to get her money. And some of the characters do. But it wasn't out of love. It was out of greed. At the end, there's also this scene where the two murderers, they're together. They've been totally exposed. Their plan laid out in front of them by the masterful Perot with his mustache, which I am, I approve of. I appreciate the mustache. I think more people need to have one. Frankly, I'll say it. But they, the two lovers exposed by Perot finally and then they both, they do commit a double suicide. And that's the end of the film. And I think, oh, this wasn't killing out of love. It was out of cowardice. They got caught murdering for money. And instead of facing the music, instead of going to jail like they deserve, like someone in this society does, if you commit a wrong, you have to go and face your punishment. They said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I'm just going to kill myself. To avoid a consequence. That's cowardice. Extremely cowardly. They didn't want to face their actions. And so I don't think they were killing out of love. They were killing out of trying to avoid a punishment that was justly deserved. They couldn't bear to see the reputation tarnished soldiers taken in my own hands. No, that's not killing for love. Also, lust, I think, played a part. Sometimes, you know, especially in the movie, there is a lot, there are some adult themes. Before marriage, by the way, there were some premarital relations, and so we don't approve of that. But I think those, when you do those type of things, it can blur the line on what is love and can make you act in a way that's not the most appropriate. It can clog and cloud your vision. And I think lust, and especially lust for physical pleasure, but also lust for power, the supermodel is someone who demands respect. The paparazzi follows her everywhere. People want to take pictures of her. They want to rent out this expensive yacht on the Nile River. And I think lust, not love, a, 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 a misunderstanding of what true, a true relationship, a true sacrifice is, that motivates killing, not love. So I disagree with the movie on that point. Otherwise, great film. Please do go watch. I know it's on HBO Max. That's where I watched mine. So again, I think that's all the time we have. 
this week for screening for meeting on Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Thank you again for listening. Your listening and views and interaction with the show, they are appreciated more than you know. And I can't thank you enough for this platform and this time to be with you every week. I hope you'll join me again next week for another exciting episode. Thank you so much. Have a great week. I'm Cal McNelly, and this has been Screening for Meaning.